And so what we're preaching on today is free willy. All right? Free your will to follow the Spirit. And, and I was looking up free willy, the, the well here. And, and we all know that, that in this movie, I think they've made three, if not three, maybe ten free willies by now. But Willie's in captivity. And, and he's in the point, place he don't really want to be. But Willie had to free himself from the barriers of life. And you see the rocks were that barriers of life. He had to free himself with the flesh of wanting to stay in a comfortable place. He had to free himself of the, the, his own mind about, you know, it's really, uh, it may be tougher here, but, you know, I do have this friend, you know, this world isn't so bad. But he had to get past them things to the greater picture and, and to free himself to be what he was supposed to be. And we see him jumping them barriers. But something that caught my attention, though, at the bottom was, how far would you go for a friend? And you may not be able to see that small cat because of these in the way. But at the very bottom, it says, free Willie, how far would you go to free a friend? And I thought to myself, Jesus went all the way to free a friend. Jesus was with God. He was with God in the beginning. And he came to this earth because he saw a friend in need. He saw somebody that needed help. And so he came down to set us free. He made a way for us to receive him. Are we willing to give all of ourselves back to a friend? You know, I hear it all the time. Boy, Pastor, I wish I had a spouse that would die for me. I wish I had a friend that would die to me for me. I wish somebody was in there with me. You do. Jesus Christ. He, he went out of his way to be your friend, be a friend back to him. He wants all of you. He desires all of you probably more than you desire to give him. That's his word today. But what makes that difficult is that, that, that we've got this barrier, if you will. You know, it's hard because we're made up of body, soul, and spirit. And that war that's going on, that, that battle that's going on, we see in Galatians 5.17, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. So this split flesh here, this is Satan over here, by the way. I wasn't sure how much of this I was going to use today, but that's Satan, cartoon character. And, and this is Jesus over here, the cartoon character, and he's, he's standing on the Word. But the Word is saying right there, these two are at odds. They oppose each other, the Word says here. They are against each other. They, they, they don't like each other. And, and, and they're against each other, as we are saying. The word goes on to say, and the desires of the spirit against the flesh for those are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Now, what the Lord hit me with here today on this part of the passage of scripture, we got these here at odds with each other, but maybe the underlying factor is that basically we just don't want to do anything that we don't want to do. And that's that soul part in here. You know, these guys are keeping me from doing what I want to do, whether it's here or over here. I want to do what I want to do, period. And so you're made up of body, soul, and spirit. And this, this war is going on that you see in this picture here. This war is going on in here in our mind. This is our soulish realms, our mind. It's going on constantly. But they're at war to have us. What will rules your life? 
Does the fleshly will rule your life? Does your self-will rule your life? Or does the Spirit's will rule your life? We need to free our will, free willy, if you will. You get that, yeah? So that we can follow Jesus. But we're made up of body, soul, and spirit. But the simplest things can throw us to listening to our flesh. And we got to get that in order because Christ wants us to know him and know him well. So we're going to dig into that today. But, but the scripture that the Lord put on my heart today was from Romans 12. And it says here, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see where we're getting that renewing of your mind in Romans 12? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, to be led by the Spirit, you need to renew your mind in the things of God. And what was so neat is I was working on this this whole week. Guess what the verse of the day is on you, Vision? It's that very verse. God is telling us over and over that, that do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that by the testing of, that you may discern what is the will of God, which is over here, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Then I'm going to jump back to Romans 12.1 to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. That's worship to God. He's saying, you want to worship me? It's more than the band on Sunday morning. It's more than the offering. It's more than the prayers and stuff. Worship to God is when you say, I want to renew my mind because I'm tired of listening to this. And I want to follow this over here. That's your spiritual act of worship. And there's nothing wrong with them other ones. They're all important parts. But God wants our worship, and that worship is to serve him. We've been studying Israel and what's going on with them, and we see them operating in all three of these. But I'm going to jump ahead to Joshua because he's one of my favorites. But he says, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river, which means Egypt or the body, the flesh. Egypt represents the flesh in the Bible. So, you know, Joshua's saying, if you want to go back and worship them, so be it, go be it. Then he goes on to say, if you want to do what they're doing in our reading now, stay in the wilderness and not enter the promised land. Hang out with the Amorites, which is in the scripture that was up there. You want to hang out with them? That's fine and dandy too. But as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. And that's what God said is your spiritual act of worship. That we're not going to give in to the the flesh and our own minds if if it's contrary to the Lord. And we're going to be expressing him in our lives and showing off him in our lives. That's our spiritual act of worship. Alarm went off this morning. I said, I can't believe I slept through and that alarm's going off and it gave me an instant headache. And I wanted to hit the pillow over it and beat it with my shoe. My body was saying, flesh was saying all these things. And my mind is like, and I preach every week. Let somebody else preach today. It's daylight savings time. And I'm tired. 
or you can ignore these things and get up, come in and honor the Sabbath that the Lord told us to honor. If you noticed in the scripture, in the testing of your faith, I had a headache, the alarm's blaring, it's early, I'm tired, that's testing of my faith. But I get up and do what God's called me to do, even when I don't feel like it. But, oh, pastor, you got to feel like it. I didn't feel like dancing today. I wanted to. And I leaned over to Jim and said, I'll dance and I get my spiritual body. And Jim goes, you know, sometimes you need to just start in your own body. And he rebuked me. And I said, okay, let's just do the jig then. So let's break down a little bit. The body, the flesh. Most everything that's listed here, if you can't see it, move closer or get glasses. But if you can't and don't want to move forward, it's going to be on the screen. Everything I say on both of these listed out, I'll say through Scripture. But Satan is the father of the flesh. Jesus says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. What does the flesh desire? Now, the works of the flesh, the body, are evident. Now, I'm not going to go into detail with these. I, had to, I was going to break all these down and go through them, but the Lord really convicted me. These things are evident. We know what we don't need to be done. And we always spend the time preaching over the things we don't need to be done instead of the things that we do need to be doing. Because these things we know that's evident. We, we got these little spirits on our shoulder. You know, this old cartoon back in the day of the, the angel on one side and the devil, that is so true. The Spirit of God speaking to me and, and Satan speaking to me sometimes, and I'm trying to figure out which one to listen to, making that right choice. So they're evident. Sexual immorality. Sexual immorality, just any sexual sin. It doesn't matter what it is outside of marriage with a, with a, with a, between a man or a woman. Impurity, sensuality, adultery, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of rage, uh, anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. Go down to 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Sexual immoral, adulterers, idolaters, those who practice homosexuality, thieves, greedy, drunkards, revilers, swindlers. Go into the Ten Commandments. I'm adding them in today. And these are things that God asks us to do in the Old Testament. And it says, no have other gods, don't have any gods before me. I need to be number one. You're not making any images. I need to be number one. Don't take my name in vain. How many curse the Lord every day? Uh, and then obey the Sabbath and keep it holy. Honor your father and mother. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not lie against your neighbor. Do not cover your neighbor's wife or their things. All these things that we just read in the Ten Commandments. You know, a lot of you are probably thinking, Pastor, you know, you, you say Matthew twenty two thirty seven. just love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. The first four commandments are loving God. And the, and the last six are loving your neighbor. And that's what he wants us to do. And these things we fight against because... Our neighbors upset us sometimes. Our neighbors uh, do things to us that we don't like. And believe me, I see it all the time. I'm not sitting here because this person's there. Or I'm avoiding this person because they're there. And, and that, that's stories that, that I'm sharing that, that I've heard from this body. 
and recently. We need to love our brothers and sisters. But the scripture is saying that these things are evident. We know that we need to do these things. Uh, the spirit tells us, the devil tells us to do them, the spirit tells us not to do them. We know what God expects and, and wants from us, but not because we have to, but because we what get to. We get to do these things. But these things are from the father of the flesh, Satan. And he tries to entice you with them. And, and, and anyway, I'm going to kind of show you what I mean. But, but I was thinking of fishing lures, you know. And, and I'm going to see if I can cast this out there and not put anybody's eye. Wow, that thing flies. Who did I hit on that? My mother-in-law? I didn't do that on purpose. You know, but see the, this lure here. Uh, uh, we're luring. Look at Landon. He's trying to grab it. Then he throws it back. He's a, ooh, in the offering plate. Man, he's really spiritual. My spiritual act of worship is giving my sin back to the Lord. I don't want it. But, but I thought about it growing up, that pur- purple piggy boat that I had on the farm. Man, when we'd take that out, then fish would hit it like crazy. And, and I mean just real crazy fishing. And it's just a lure. It's fake. There's nothing even real about it, but it enticed the fish, and it brings us in. And that's what Satan uses these things to do with us today is he tries to entice us. He tries to throw things out in front of us to drag us away from the Lord so that he can, if you don't know the truth, kill you. Uh, We fish to eat them. When Satan is throwing things out to bait us and to lure us in, he's wanting to eat your lunch. And we need to realize that today. We need to know that today, that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And those things that we want to give as a spiritual act of worship to the Lord, they're just there to kill us anyway. And it should be an easy thing to want to do for him. But the other side of it, the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you're born of the Spirit. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And so Jesus is saying here today that, that to be led by the Spirit, you've got to get saved first. So if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's the first step. You've got to accept him and, and be born of water, be baptized, an outward sign of an inward thing, be washed, be cleansed. And as we talked about last week, that you then become God's temple and his spirit dwells in you. And we talked about that, but I want to reemphasize that today. All these things that we're getting ready to talk about, God's spirit, Jesus, is in you. All these things that we're going to list here are in you. And so as I say them, uh, they're in us. We just got to decide to accept them and walk in them because they're in your spirit. So, as we move into this, Paul goes on to say, if you live by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So, when you're in the Spirit, you're not going to want any of the flesh. So, let's stay in the Spirit a little bit more. If we live by the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Let us move out in the Spirit. And I, I think so many times that, that, that it's that simple. You know, as I told you, when I went to Bible college, I, I, threw, I quit drinking a week or, year, or a month before I left. 
I put the tobacco in the trash cans. I walked in. I battled anger and selfishness and pride for the first months. But the more of God I put in, these fleshly desires peeled off. The more of God you put in, the more the fleshly desires will peel off. So if we get saved today, you know, a lot of times, you know, I'll get saved, Pastor, if God delivers me. Get saved because you'll be delivered then. When you get saved, God already takes it in. Jesus forgives you and sets you free right then. And that's what you need to do first, and then these other things will just fall off as you seek him. The Spirit will never lie to us. It will never lure us in because everything it speaks is truth. But when the Helper comes whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And so when I say that today, you know, John was talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But when we accept Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that same Spirit is in us. But there's a second act of faith that we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But the point I want to make today from that scripture is that it's a spirit of truth and it can't lie. Everything he says to you is truth. So when the word or the Bible says something, you begin to apply it to your life, you're going to see it come to pass. You begin to allow God to do a work in you, it'll come to pass. I hear testimonies of people all the time, got a filthy mouth. They put scriptures up on their, on their beers and they put scriptures, again, it's choice. They don't have to, they get to, but they put these up on their mirrors and they consciously try not to do those things anymore and use the word, stand on the word, and what, guess what? It's gone. Over time, they'll just fall, fall off if not immediately because God backs up his truth. So as I say all these things, I want to go into some things that, that I see that are in your spirit. In other words, we're talking about there is more. There is more that God wants to do in our lives, and it's already in your spirit. If you're a believer here today, say, it's in my spirit. It's already there. So God's calling, God's plan, God's everything for you resides in your spirit. We just got to open it up, open the gifts up. And a lot of you already know what they are, but, but just move out in them, step out in them. Do you guys realize that, that, that these people that give the interpretations of tongues, Nine times out of ten, if you go ask Dave back there, I guarantee you he's going to say the Lord only gives him the first two or three words. He's got to step out in faith to get the whole message. Am I correct? And Jim told me that very same thing this morning. Usually the Lord gives me two or three words, and once I speak them, pow, it just opens up. So it was already in them. They got to step out in faith and it just go with it. If you heard the interpretation of tongues today, it was by one of our newer people, or the, they gave the tongue the first service. And they started out, they was kind of quiet. But they just started speaking in tongues. And it was quiet, but the whole body yielded to them. And they began to get bolder and bolder and bolder. It got loud when that was done. They had to step out in faith to give the tongue and step out in faith to give the interpretation that was in their spirit. It was already there. So as I go over these seven things here, eight things, whatever there is, is the first one is we have power over the flesh in Jesus' name. The spirit has power over the flesh. See the picture over here? This is Jesus standing on top of Satan. He's under his feet. Thus, Christ is in us means Satan's under our feet. 
Meaning we have power in the spirit over these fleshly things. So we go to 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. God has given us the power to drive out the things that inhabit the land. We're reading in, the, in our reading in Numbers and stuff, Israel's getting whipped by the things that inhabit the land on the most part. But when they do step out in God and do what he says, they win. But the, the power is in us to overcome all these things that attack us. So we can read this scripture to say uh, the spirit of jealousy is, I, I rebuke the spirit of jealousy. But I have, I don't, okay, let me just start over. I don't have the, the spirit of jealousy, but I have the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. I don't have the spirit of impurity, but I have the, the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. You can plug in there, you know, what you're going through because in your spirit, you have power over them. I'm battling sexual immorality, pastor. It's a tough thing. Well, Satan's convinced you it's tough because you have power over it in Jesus' name. And that power, so I don't have the spirit of sexual immorality. It may run in my family, but I curse it in the name of Jesus. I have the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. The sound mind means the discipline to overcome it. The discipline to operate in the love that I need to accomplish that. The love of Jesus Christ. So whatever you want to look at here, you know, I may be a swindler or I may not honor my parents, but I don't have them spirits in me anymore. I come against them in Jesus' name. I have the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. You following me today? So the power is in the believer. Satan is under our feet. But also in there, we have forgiveness and we have deliverance. 1 Corinthians 9.11 says, But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. We are led by the Spirit. We're no longer under law. We have been washed, means forgiven. We've been set free. We've been delivered, sanctified, justified by Christ Jesus. It's in our spirit. We need to walk in victory today. Don't walk around, oh, uh, you know, I hate it, when, and I don't mean this anything bad about it because I probably do it from time to time, but I hate it when people run home, I've got this. I went to the doctor, and I've got this. Or I went to the tax people, and I've got this. Why do we embrace the things that are contrary to the word? When we need to say, hey, this is going on, but I've got the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind in my, I've got it in me, and I'm going to overcome this in Jesus' name. Christ has delivered us. He has set us free. We have a crucified flesh, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their flesh with its passions and desires. As Brother Chip said the other day, we don't get to get rid of these things, or we have to get rid of them, we get to. Because Christ crucified his spirit, thus our spirit is crucified. We have the power and authority to walk in them. It's all kind of the same thing. It overlaps. Next, we have the ability. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. We have the ability because we're men and women of God. God has put that ability to overcome in our spirit. 
We have powerful faith, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God, through the word of Christ. You know, a lot of, I hear it all the time, well, pastor, I don't have faith. If you're a believer, you do. You can go on and read in, in Romans chapter 12, it'll talk about, it just throws it out there, and all of us have been given a portion of faith. All of you have a portion of faith. If you're a believer today, there's faith in you. Now, you increase that faith by the scripture that, that we just read in here in Romans 10, 17. We read the word and get to know the word, and we start standing on the word because the word is Christ, and he, he is the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And then later on, that word became flesh. We stand on the word, and we overcome. We have that faith in us. As we're getting ready to lead, read here in a little bit, you could even have a supernatural faith. It could be a gift that God puts on you to operate in. We could have this unbelievable faith. The next thing is the fruit of the Spirit. But I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires. So we're walking by that Spirit. The fruit of that Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These things are in our spirit. So if you're out of control with an anger problem, it's in your spirit to be in control. Just ask. Stand on his word. Father, your word says in Galatians 5 that I have self-control. I have this, and I no longer will be in this. Father, help me to get through that because that's already in our spirit. You with me today? Whatever may be in here, I'm having trouble loving somebody. You got it. It's in your spirit. Apple trees produce. Grape produce. So we're going to produce... I mean, you guys want me to tell you the answer? You're, I know we're going to say Christians, but we can produce these fruits as well. The same fruit that Christ had in his life is in our spirit. And we can produce that fruit. 1 Corinthians 12, now the gifts of the spirit. Again, I believe that you accept Christ. It's like a, you get a bicycle with training wheels. That spirit's in you. But when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you kick off the training wheels and you're fully loaded in the Spirit, okay? But these are in your spirit, whether you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit or not. Because you've received Christ in your life and your gifts in his life. Now, you can operate that on a, on a small scale with training wheels. Or you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and go on a motorcycle. <laughs> And get it in. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but in the same is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. All in everyone. You guys catch that? They're in your spirit, all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. They're here to lift us up, to encourage us. You know, I, I haven't read that scripture to you, but if you go into uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 26, when it's Paul's telling them how to worship, he said, what then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, 
and, and desire or, or, or an interpretation. Let all these things be done for building up the body. It's good. We're trying to encourage each other through prophecy. Well, you say, well, Jim kind of jumped on us. Well, first off, it wasn't Jim that jumped on us. It was God. He said, I desire more, probably more than you want to give. He says those things out of love because he wants to consume all of us. But they're for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge. So now instead of saying, you know, the Lord's hitting me with a lot of the same in the first service. But, but boy, I wish my husband had some wisdom and knowledge. Well, he does. It's in his Spirit. Start praying for him. Start grumbling against, stop grumbling against him and start praying against him. You know, this morning I was giving Karen a hard time because I'm trying to be on a diet and, and I come home and, and, I'm, and I, I get up and I see these. It's the first thing I see when she gets done shopping. And if you don't know the truth, when she got done shopping yesterday, I went over and said, I can have that. And I moved everything else over here. It doesn't work for a diet. One thing that I could have. But this one here is the one that intrigued me about midnight last night. These big black donuts. My goodness. And, and, and I'm trying to be on a diet, and she brings these home. And so instead of complaining and grumbling about her, you know, huh, huh, yeah, yeah. She heard me talk today, and she went home and said, Honey, let them know that I gave you bananas too. And let them know that I gave you these protein bars that it was your choice to eat the donut or what was good for you. So that kind of preaches, doesn't it? So we're back where we started here today. You know, we can hear the bad, we can hear the good, but it's up to us and what we do. It's our free will. But a lot of times we pick ourselves over both of them. Faith, to another faith by the same spirit. In other words, that's a, a knock-down, drag-out faith. They're the ones that can, that, oh, they just tear it up. You know who they are. The gifts of healing. You know, healing's on this board. Again, we talked about Mary. You know, she, she heard a diagnosis from the doctor. She said, I don't receive it. I have the spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. And she stood on healing and got healing. And again, I'm not knocking doctors. The works of miracles, prophecy, to another distinguisher, discernment, and the spirits. Uh, to another, various kinds of tongues. To another, interpretations of tongues. Joshua is drawing the church down there, and the second week they grab him up. And during the this time now, they're in a class. And the first week they talk about God. Second week they talk about what the church is doing. Third week they talk about their spiritual gifts and go over them with them, and then they plug them in the fourth week. While the service is going on, boy, they get on them that quick. But Joshua called me. He was all excited. He had the gift of discernment. It was one of his first ones the gift of leadership, and then encouragement. And I thought, no doubt, Joshua, them are your strong gifts. You thrive in them, but you know them in your mind, but are you operating in them? Are you moving out in them? Are you watching your flesh and not doing anything with them? And so we've been told these things today that all of us have gifts inside. A lot of us say, well, but I'm not there yet, Pastor Kent. You're listening to your flesh. A lot of us mainly just don't have time and don't want to, and that's the truth. But we need to know that they are in our spirit, and God has a plan and a desire for each one of you. That, And that's why I struggle when everybody, and I'm probably stepping here a little bit, but I hear about heaven's, 
what you desire. So if you desire roller coasters, then they're going to be all over heaven. But if you go back to Psalms, God knows the desires of our heart. And he knows what's going to make me happiest. And I guarantee you it's not going to be a roller coaster. <laughs> guarantee it. And that's where we get caught up. We even get to the point that we think heaven's what our desires are instead of what God's desires are. And God knows perfectly what each and every one of us need. And I hope I'm saying that clear today because I'm not dishing, but a lot of times we try to make things the way we want them to be because we don't know the Lord like we should. And if we knew the Lord, we wouldn't be scared of heaven. And I'm not trying to be mean today. It's time to free Willie. Trying to free our wills to serve the Lord. It's time to open up our hearts to serve the Lord. And I know we know how to do it. You guys have opened up that spirit so many times. We go to KCVBS. We go to Albania. Man, we're geared up. We're tuned up. We go to Liberia. We're geared up and tuned up. I guarantee you the year I went to Liberia, we were because Ebola was going strong. And they closed the borders and they opened them up just long enough for us to go in. So me and the team head to, Spring, to, to Kansas City. We're getting ready to get on the plane and we bust our tail to get on the plane. And they wouldn't let but one of us go. So my flesh is saying, oh, you're not supposed to go over there. It's God trying to tell you something. You're going to get Ebola. Don't go over there. Don't go over there. What did we do? Go three times? Three times before we got on that plane. I'm talking driving to Kansas City back home, sitting a day or two, driving back, finding out they won't let us go again, driving back home, and driving back after the third time. You know, everybody's saying, Pastor, maybe you shouldn't go. But the Spirit told me to go. And we went, and we only had seven days, but we accomplished great things in Liberia. went on to go to Albania after that and was gone a month. But when that's heavy like that, man, we're in tune with the Lord. Man, we're praying, we're seeking Him. These things don't bother us because we don't want to get Ebola. I know that sounds horrible, but that's kind of the truth sometimes. Or if there's a tornado coming, these things don't seem to bother us. We're really in the Spirit. What if we walked in the Spirit all the time? You know, that was my prayer today. It's Maranatha and... Uh, um, Carson and, and uh, Angie and, and Josh and Jim and Suzanne and Brian and Julie and Kyle. And if I miss anybody, I'm sorry, but that's the ones that have committed to go to Carthage. I can't stay ahead of them. They're inviting people. I can't print postcards enough to invite people to church. They're going into all the stores. They're talking to everybody. They're hanging out in laundromats. And, and we're down there last Sunday night, and I'm praying over a list of, they all got a scripture that we're standing on for Carthage. And we've listed them, and we're praying together. We're doing all these things. The Lord spoke to me. He goes, are we doing that at home? Are we that excited about me at home? It's exciting to go start something new. It's exciting to go to Albania. It's exciting to go to Liberia, but are we that excited about home? 
Are we excited about being the leaders of our family? At our work? At all these things because there's such a power that resides in us. Are we excited for the Lord? Are we telling others about the Lord with the same enthusiasm as if we were going to Kansas City, VBS, Albania, Liberia, or to do a new church start? And I don't say that to dig that bunch down there that are doing that. But the Lord convicted me. I pray over Oakton. I pray the same way here. But maybe we need to do it as a body more. Maybe we need to get excited as a body and start passing postcards out at Lamar and our neighbors here. Because the same calling exists at both places. So as I close out today, good grief, where does time go? I'm going to close out with three things and the praise team wants to come forward. These three things are at work in people since the beginning of time. Trying to not follow our fleshly will, trying to not follow our self-will, and trying to be following the spirit and the will of the Lord. In our reading just this week in Numbers, Moses had taken every tribe of Israel and showed them the promised land. Every tribe. And 10 of the 12 come back with a bad report of what was going on in the promised land. So they saw the promised land, but they listened to the flesh. They were big giants. There's all this going on over there. And so they decided to give a bad report to Israel. Disbelief. Are we walking in disbelief today? But the Holy Spirit spoke to me this week at, that that can't, disbelief comes from grumbling and rebellion. And he goes, it's all through the Bible. And I thought, okay, I just, you just show me that, Lord, here. So we're in Numbers, I think, 14. They saw the promised land, actually 13. So I backed up to 12. Aaron and Miriam had rebelled against Moses and grumbled against Moses. You go back to chapter 11, all of Israel were grumbling and complaining against Moses and wanting to go back to Egypt. You go to verse 14, the chapter after 13, and they're crying and they're complaining and they're grumbling. Grumbling and rebellion breed disbelief, unbelief, unrighteousness. The second thing we saw is Israel was a sin of self-will. The tribe of Reuben, later on in the, in the reading, they're all going over in the promised land and God's given them to go. And basically Joshua and Caleb and everybody 20 and below were the ones going to go. Nobody else could because of the unbelief. But the tribe of Reuben come up and said, you know, with all you guys gone, we have livestock, and this ground right here is pretty awesome where we're at. And so if you guys want to go ahead and go, we'll stay here. Boy, it upset the Lord. Here I'm offering you the promised land, but your self-will, you think you know more than me that this will benefit you and your crops more than me. Anger God, he was wanting to wipe them out. 
And Moses come in like he did as a buffer, and I think a type of Christ. But Moses came in, and it got to the point where what they settled on was the tribe of Reuben and Gad would help them get in the promised land. They would help everybody else obtain the promised land, then they would go back. Man, is that not the church today? I'll help everyone else get in the promised land, but I'm staying right where I feel self-secure. And then the last one is, is when Joshua and Jacob, or excuse me, Caleb, and everybody 20 and below, did you catch that in the word this week, 20 and below? They went across to the promised land. And he said to them, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When you pass over the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall drive out the inhabitants, the, the flesh, drive it out of the land before you and destroy all the figures, the stones, and destroy all the metal images, demolish all the high places, and you shall take possession of the land and settle in it. For I have given it to you, thus saith the Lord. Does that not wrap up what we're talking about today? When you accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, take the land and drive out the inhabitants of sin and unbelief, not because you have to, because you want to, and you're going to be blessed more by God. You're going to experience the totality of him. He's empowered you. He's given you everything you need to do it. But where do we settle at today? That's all to call today. If you don't know Christ, your Lord and Savior, you're, you're in the flesh, and you're going to hell, and that's your father, Satan. But if you're here today and, and you are a believer, you can still be over here. And you can still be here and not be here. Only you know where you're at today. But God says, in the tongue and interpretation today, I want more. And I'm not sure you're wanting to give it. I desire more of you, thus saith the Lord. Here it is. These altars are open today. What are we going to do with it? Praise team, let's stand today. Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. Guys, I think we need to take a hard look at this and not take it lightly today. Don't take this lightly today. Are you operating... In the lust of the flesh? Are you operating in your own self-will? Or are you doing the best you can? All this is the heart thing. You're going to make mistakes over here. When God delivers me of one thing over here, we go on to the next thing. But we're staying here. We're doing the best we can. This is where we all should be. Please come today. I desire more. <laughs>